special we're going to talk about the movie Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix. A modern masterpiece I think. Mm. Apparently so. I don't know the critics were that into it today. The critics didn't like violent. it. The critics didn't like it but it does pack an 8.5 on IMDb. It's the first R rated film to make a billion dollars. It's R rated? Oh yeah. It's interesting always critics wouldn't like it because of themes in the movie. Of course. Whereas your average Workaday person is going to like it, but we'll save all that for later. Um, let's thank some new and returning listeners, and we'll do some weird news, and then we'll cut into the main thrust of today's topic. Subang Jaya in Malaysia, Jaipur in India, Detroit, Michigan, Rancho Santa Margarita in California. We had Joe Relaxo. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking that. <laughs> Elmwood Park in Illinois, Colombo, uh, Sri Lanka. I could crack a Colombo joke. <laughs> yeah. Now. Go on then. Well, now I was just going to say one more thing. Oh. Yeah. Um, Hackney, United Kingdom, Irwood, Australia. Walvis Bay in Namibia. That's a new one. Um, Yangon in Myanmar. Council Bluffs. Where's IA? They're getting about a bit, aren't they? They're all Iowa. Maybe. Sure Bristol, United Kingdom. Uh, Lumberton in Texas. Okay, let's go up uh, into the top ten. Leeds, United Kingdom, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's where they filmed that. That's where. Oh fuck! Oh, I forget it. I forget what it's called. <laughs> Dave O'Brien is a baseball player. Down, oh. down something. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Chicago, Illinois, Aurora, Colorado, Bangalore in India. Hello, Tees in Texas. Shady Nasty down to the second spot, and new in at number one, Chesterfield in Virginia. That's right, isn't it? VA, Virginia. Yep. Great. Cracking. Well, you're well done to you this week. You are top. Yeah, thank you and Happy New Year. Yes, this week coming out after New Year. Happy New Year. Have a Covid-free New Year while France and China develop biologically engineered super soldiers. Say what? <laughs> That's according to the New York Post. That's my segue. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Okay. France and China developing biologically engineered super soldiers. Do you know what? It was quite fun watching two different robots on Christmas Day going at each other. One's got a shooting thing and one just dances and does a few But yeah, yeah. I could, I what, was, what was that about? <laughs> you having robot wars in your house? I'm saying, look, they're, they're making robots, yeah? No, 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 no. No, these are to kill people. Not or... robots. No, what they're making them? Biologically enhanced humans. Yeah, they can be bred to kill. So France, last week, France gave the go-ahead for augmented soldiers, so I think, I don't know, 
They'll put something in their brains, they don't have to sleep for like a week, they can stay up for a week. Well, we've covered this in one of our episodes, The Unkillable Soldier. Oh, yeah. But when I looked for it, I looked for super soldiers and everyone had abandoned the programmes, it was too expensive, and they put all their money into drones and things like that. Yeah. Which makes sense, AI. No, it doesn't make sense, it's a terrible idea. I keep telling you this, not no one listening to me. So you think so, it's even better if they have uh, bionicle people? Yeah, why not? Let's create a race of supermen. Nothing can go wrong with that. Yeah, but if you've got perhaps robots fighting robots, it's not too bad. That's what I was saying about Christmas yeah. Day. We're <laughs> 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 still humans fighting humans, Well, who knows? The French seek to improve physical, cognitive, perceptive and psychological capacities and could allow for location tracking or connectivity with weapon systems and other soldiers. Uh, among the ministry's research on drugs to keep troops awake for long periods of time and combat stress and even surgery to improve hearing. To start the Space Marines, which we also discussed in The Unkillable Soldier. Yeah. In our popular, popular franchise, the Warhammer 40,000 Space Marines, and they have like two hearts, three lungs, they can stay awake, they're stronger, faster, taller, more muscly. Um, this is obviously what they're, they're looking at now. Are they quite dim? No. No. No, they're very intelligent. Right. Only the best are chosen. Right. Not every, it's like a trial, and not everyone will make it all the way, will they? And also, all that stuff they put in your body tends to make you smarter as well. You're like given learning through hypnosis, and you can live for thousands of years, so you learn and learn and learn and learn. Right. But this. Uh, I mean, obviously, that is set 40,000 years into the future. Or yeah. 38,000. This is now. This is the start of it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I suppose. This is a quote saying that uh, this is a guy called King War Studies at King's College London called Michael Clark. We've reached a point now where we could potentially manipulate people's DNA to breed them into extra breed into them extra strength, endurance, and other things, just as we do with animals, uh, just as we do with standard cattle to get, to give them more back. We can now do that with humans. Clark added the bio race is being fueled internationally due to fears of China's program. That's just an excuse, isn't it? Put yeah. each other users as an excuse to do it. Oh, I don't like this idea. I don't anything with war I don't like. Well, I prefer this to to AI. Really? Yeah. We can all shut down the AI, can't we? You know, as long as there's a shut off button. Not yeah. if it grows beyond the shut off button. Gets itself into everything, so you know, he adds a bit more. What they're thinking about is what might come in 30 years' time, given them the 10 years' development and experimentation. In 30 years' time, China might have a cohort of people who've got particular characteristics they have tried to breed into them by manipulating DNA. Due to DNA manipulation, future soldiers could also be immune to disease and feelings. <laughs> feelings? Yes, they're immune to feelings. A bit like the ruling elite, isn't it? <laughs> I think that sounds like more more slavery. Well, all they would do is fight, isn't it? That, that's it. That's all they'd be created for. Would they cease to become humans then? If they've got no feelings, isn't well, that what makes us human? That's what you could argue, isn't it? These are just weapons. They're war machines in a way. But is that still better than AI? Well, it's producing a slave race of but at least soldiers. We, but at least we can stop course. making them. Who's going to be their mum? They could also turn <laughs> us as well. They could, but we can stop making them. They'd run out of numbers eventually. 
Now think about it, or we could get some others to kill the ones who've gone rogue. No. <laughs> but yeah, sounds like a lot of killing going mm. forward, doesn't well, it again? It's either that or Skynet's launching the nukes, man. Either way, good. Well, there you go. That's what 2021's got to happen. <laughs> you either going to have a fucking AI knocking on your door wanting to kill you, or a genetically engineered super soldier knocking on your door wanting to kill you. And for all those poor fools that couldn't think it got worse than 2020. Hey, roll on 2021. <laughs> Stormtroopers going through the streets. <laughs> yeah. Enforcing lockdown brutally. Yeah. Uh, this is a returning guy. We had this guy oh, in the news a while back. This chap is bodybuilder in Kazakhstan. He's going to marry his sex doll, Claire. Oh. Well, he has married his sex doll. He met her in a club. But now he faces heartbreak at Christmas. Oh. A sex doll wife tragically breaks. Oh, she's broken. <laughs> she, he's just been pounding it too much. You know <laughs> He says it's ruined their plans for a first Christmas together as a married couple. Yuri Tolocho from Kazakhstan now faces a tense wait to see Why if all of her bits... Have you met a lot of people from Kazakhstan who married sex dolls? No, it's just there's always a lot of weird stuff come from Kazakhstan. You're thinking Borat? Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. They've actually embraced that now. When the first film came out, they hated it. Yeah. Because it affected tourism and everything. Mm, people but, didn't go. Yeah. But now, but they're now all they put it in their advert. Borat's <laughs> phrase, what from is it? From Borat. It's, it's very nice or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? Right, go ahead. They've their plans. That's it. To see if all of her bits can be repaired back to good working order in time for the festive day. Right. Couldn't he just sit with her and spend time with her? Has <laughs> he got to have sex with her on what's, Christmas Day? What's the difference? She's not going to do anything if she's put back together anyway. <laughs> well, he presumably wants to have sex with her on Christmas Day, but uh, couldn't he just spend time with her as his wife? I don't think he got the deluxe model. <laughs> Face looks quite, you know. I've, I, you know, I've seen the, the 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 deluxe models, and her face is all like. Eh. <laughs> when he first met her in a nightclub, and the pair <laughs> to get married in this March, before the coronavirus pandemic threw the world into turmoil. Right. So, so there's is there nightclubs where you can meet these dolls then, or what? Well, the way he told the story, that he was out at a nightclub and he saw this doll and another guy and this other guy was giving a shit, so he came in, hit the bloke and they became a couple after that. <laughs> I mean, he said he was going to get her a waitressing job. <laughs> Genuinely, he said he got her a job waitressing. So I don't Bring know. on the apocalypse, <laughs> I don't know who was going to work that, whether he was going to put her legs down the front of his trousers and he'd be the waitress <laughs> <laughs> and like he'd just move her like a puppet maybe oh look there they are in the bath um, it's worth pointing out he was assaulted at a transgender rally for some I don't know why he was if he was what he identifies as but he was attacked by a, a, during a transgender rally I don't know that's if, not good if he was there to be attacked just no but I don't know if he ridiculed harsh <laughs> 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 It's all in the name of comedy. <laughs> oh, whatever floats your boat, you know. You'd think she'd come with some spare bits, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Punctured repair kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
gone over this man and <laughs> you fall in love with the picture oh you said a few months ago we started using a female image performance and named the character Amanda so she's got a name no it was him yeah he was attacked while he was in character as Amanda, even though he's a bodybuilder. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand this man's complex life. I wouldn't fucking attack him. He's a big fucker. He's huge, isn't he? Yeah, but I, I just don't understand his complex life. It is rather complex. Yeah, one minute he's a bodybuilder, man, a sex doll. Next minute he's dressed as a woman called Amanda and getting beaten up at pride rallies. Then he's broke. Then he's broke his doll. I mean, I have no idea what the fuck's going on, to be honest. I think he takes us to dinner parties. She doesn't eat much. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think he spoons the food into her mouth. <laughs> oh, and then it goes through a, a pipe all the way through onto the, your friend's chair. Something like that, yeah. Like uh, one of the newborn dolls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't bring her, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to put some plastic down on the seat. He's bringing the doll again. <laughs> late festive news late festive so rick scarborough warns about the dangers of allowing children to believe in santa oh we're talking what about a twat this. i actually agree with him mate. we were talking about this yeah. the other night wasn't we i quite agree with him so radical right-wing pastor rick scarborough used this week's episode of um, mixing church and state what god's way and state god's way podcast to warn uh, Christian parents about the dangers of allowing their children to believe in Santa. He goes on to say about it's lying. He said that children were young and it was fun to them, for them to believe in Santa, but as they got older, Scarborough began to struggle with it because he knew that sooner rather than later, I had to confess that we've been lying. I this is, I as a it, parent, it's yeah, I think it does cause, it can cause psychological damage to a kid. Let's just also focus on an important fact. He doesn't want children to believe in Santa, but he wants them to believe in Jesus. <laughs> right? Now, as far as I'm concerned, they're both fictional characters. But these arguments is, well, if you're lying to them about Santa, how do you know, how do they, why, why if they then think yeah. you've lied to them about Jesus? Yeah. And you're doing that as well anyway. Yeah, he's a hypocrite, he? He's just more concerned about Santa affecting Jesus. I think it sends the wrong message to kids as well. Well, what I can get for Christmas, what can I have? Yeah. Christmas is traditionally about helping the poor and those less fortunate than you. Yeah. No, it's about a massive piss up in the streets where the King of Fools <laughs> knocks on rich people's doors and fucking demands food and booze from them or they egg your house. <laughs> That's what Christmas is about, and I want to see a return to those days. Anarchy in the streets. Halloween? No, honestly, it was Christmas. They'd elect a King of Fools in each town and you just all rampage in the streets getting drunk. <laughs> So he goes on. Oh, for that as well. <laughs> and give it to the poor. <laughs> he goes on to say, "Here's why I decided I wouldn't continue to embellish what I knew was false." He says, "When they were around uh, seven and eight years of age, when a child could be saved, they would discover that one who had been encouraging them to believe in Jesus was the same one who lied about Santa." So they're ba- he's basically saying exactly the same thing, isn't he? Mm. Or did you just read that? No. <laughs> So. I think he's pointing out the only thing a child around seven or eight needs to be saved from is probably their pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. 
I never so saw we... some damnation. Well. Well, he, he, he's, he's, just <laughs> going to, yeah, he's just going on to say that, you know, that they walk away from their faith because, because you know, they've been lied to about... So about why aren't you lied about Jesus? That's a good point. Mm. He has got a point, but that's why you thought you're agreeing with him. Like that makes you right wing them, by by logic. Does it? Yes, by logic it what, does. I, I don't. Yes, can you believe in lying because if you, about Santa? Because if you don't believe in Santa, you're right wing, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Fascist. <laughs> uh, well, I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't like the idea of lying to kids. Right, that's that's fair enough. But it's like, well, I'm also not telling them about Jesus. So it doesn't really matter to me. But it's okay to say to the kids, look, we all pretend that there's this thing called Santa. Mm -hmm. It makes people happy. It's fun to pretend. It's okay. So it's Christmas cards. All you've got to do is be straight with them. Yeah, Sebastian did cry when he found out yeah, that Santa that's what I mean, man. It's not real. I believe it can be quite traumatic. What else have you lied to me about? Yep. Yeah. Picks up a vase, smashes it on the floor. <laughs> Goes downstairs, pours himself a shot of whiskey, <laughs> nails it. <laughs> That's what I do when I'm angry. Is it? He ends up shooting three people on the tube. <laughs> hey, I never did that. <laughs> or did I? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, that was a good segue. It was. It was. So let's go on to our main event. We'll talk about Joker. As Mike said, probably a modern masterpiece, maybe. Yep. Yes, 8.5 on AMDB, starring Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck slash Joker, uh, Robert De Niro as Murray Franklin, and Zosie Beats as Sophie Drummond. Mm. Directed by Todd Phillips. I'd like to say that I am not a clone fan. I may have bought this up before. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and this movie has a lot of clones. I have also no problem with gang on clone violence. Arthur Fleck is a mentally ill loner with aspirations to become a world famous stand-up comedian. Uh, the film opens with Arthur at his day job as a hired clone. Not a very funny clone, but a clone nonetheless. He loves to dance though, doesn't he? He yeah. does. And he's going to sign it up saying, everything must go, this guy's going to assail yeah. his... Because obviously, presumably because of his shit business sense, he's going out of business, and he's also then hired a clone, which most people fucking hate, or any normal people hate, to then advertise that going out of sale, going out of business sale. I think everything must go. I think it's a, it's a foretelling of the Joker's future beliefs before he turns into Joker. It was all his morality. Yeah, everything must go in it. Yeah, all his old beliefs and everything must go in. He wants to cause chaos, doesn't he? Later on in the film. The film yeah. At the minute, he's just a mentally ill guy doing yep. like being, being a clown. So a group of kids steal the sign, he runs after them, and when he does catch up with him, they break the sign over his head and beat him up. You know, it's a, say, it's a shame, but he is dressed as a clown. I feel sorry for him at the time. <laughs> well, I feel sorry for him, just saying it's clowns. That's what you get, is that what you get? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to my hood, that's what you get. So he returns to the building his business is based in. His co-worker, Randall, gives him a gun. That's a bit of a shitter. He don't want a guy like this having a gun. Why does Randall give him that gun, anyway? To protect himself. I think we missed a bit out. Um, I'm going to come back to that in a second. Okay. His therapy session, because I thought it was important. Yeah. 
basically he's in state therapy, so he's getting fund the state's funding the city to give Arthur therapy and medication. I love a quote he says to her. He says, "Is it just me, or is it getting crazier out there?" Yeah. Fuck me, how relevant is that to now? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> uh, things are going slightly nuts across the globe and in our own countries. Yep. It's called the systems are failing. She agreed with him. She certainly did. Yeah. She said they didn't give a shit about <laughs> you. They don't give a shit about me. Yeah, well, she says it later, but yeah. Yeah. He does have the impression that she's not listening to him later on as well. She just asks him the same shit. Yes, yeah, he keeps asking for his journal. Yeah. I do like one, though. He says, I just hope my death makes more sense than my life. And sense is in the, the money. Yeah. Which we become commodified. Yeah. It's the commodification of human life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Of course. We've got a dollar on our back. You know what I mean? Yeah. We sell our labour. That's all we're good for. You can't sell your labour, useless on the scrap heap. Exactly. You're being looked after by the state who aren't interested in yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is quite relevant in today's society, especially in Britain where the mental health services have been brutally yeah. cut for the last sort of eight years. Yeah, I've got a stat on that actually. Yeah. About prescriptions for antidepressants. It's doubled in the past decade. Wow. 70.9 million prescriptions for antidepressants were given out in 2018, compared with 36 million in 2008. Well, the doctors just giving them out like sweets, aren't they? Because they haven't got time to send you to therapies, or they just stick you on the list, or you know, refer you when you're on the yeah. list. They have a long, you know, it takes months to get therapist yeah. appointment. Now, is it that millions of people are crazy, or is it the system that's fucked? Yeah, I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B. <laughs> Is it nature or nurture? You brought, some people have this wonderful ability to block it all out and just crack on. Well, I always say it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to profoundly sick society. You do say that a lot. quote, do you do Christian Murphy? The bloke from Channel 4. Not Christian Gear and Murphy. <laughs> well, I think life just needs to be a bit simpler, doesn't it? So, you know, I'm not saying that, that stress, like back in the day, you know, I'm talking back in back in the day when you'd, like, we'd all be on farms and stuff and see into the land. I'm not saying we wouldn't be susceptible to stress, but not like modern day society. Of course not. People didn't want to go into the factories and work 12 hours a day. They saw what it was, they saw it was wage slavery. Mm. Yeah, you didn't get all that free cider off the farm. Which is even more encouraging than in the summer. <laughs> Let's face it. So, he also has a mental condition that causes him to laugh at inopportune moments. He has a little card for that, doesn't he? He shows that he, he's on the bus and he's sort of paying peekaboo with a, with a little kid and this woman says, stop bothering my kid. He just starts breaking out in, into hysterics. Yeah, it must be horrible. Yeah. That is a real thing, though. I'm sure yeah, I've never is, seen yeah. that before. Yeah, yeah you have to study videos. Joaquin Phoenix did, of people with the condition to be able to perform it like and copy it. Yeah. It was one of the hardest things he's ever had to do. I can believe it. But he is a... Joe, the performance in this, I mean, I think oh. it's, he's tremendous. So the did laughing, he win the Oscar? I think he did. The laughing comes on when he's, in, when he's anxious or stressed or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. I think it's just a stress reaction. Yeah. He lives with his mum still. We see the stairs, the famous stairs. 
And he's just trudging up them, isn't it? He's broken. Yeah. His head's ground, down. Yeah. You know, he's defeated in a way. He's just like, ugh. Daily grind, being a clone. Being a clone? Being a clown. Oh, being a clown. The daily grind of being a clone. Yeah. Because they're all secretly sad or killers. This movie just reinforces that. Yeah. So, yes, he lives with his mum. And their thing is watching De Niro's um, Murray Franklin. His show must be like a prime time show every night in Gotham. Yeah, it's a take on the film King of Comedy. Has anyone seen it? I have not. Robert De Niro plays a... Basically plays a similar character to Joaquin Phoenix. There's a comedian, which is his favourite comedian, who wants to be like him and meet him and everything, and ends up... I think he kidnaps him or something. Or... <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a good film. Okay, interesting. He has this weird fantasy scene with Murray then at this point in his own head where he sees Murray as a bit of a father figure and Murray's like, oh, I wish I had a son like you. I give it all up. You know? It was... a bit weird, that. Yeah. But then he's got no father, has he? Oh, no, that's it. This is it. So he sees he's just this guy's only been in his life every night, hasn't he? Let's yeah, face it. Exactly. Yeah. You see them psychos that get a bit too excited about Coronation Street and Oof. EastEnders yeah. that look, you know, the soaps in the UK, you know. That's true. They think it's all real. And he says to uh, to Murray, doesn't he? He says, My mum told me to smile and put on a happy face. I was born to bring joy and laughter to the world. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> You're right there, though. It's massive pressure, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, how am I meant to feel? Like, you know, bring joy and happiness to the world. I'm feeling so, maybe, you know, desperate and yeah. depressed inside. And I've got this laughing condition. So every time, you know, something uncomfortable happened in school, possibly, he's, you know, been... Yeah. bullied or you, you don't know do you? Well, I don't think his mum did actually say that I think that's part of the delusion as well Ooh. because later on when she's in the bath he says I want to be a comedian she says what makes you think you could do that don't you have to be funny to be a comedian yeah mm. so it makes me think did she say did you're going to bring laughter I don't think she isn't the kind of person that's going to encourage him but then she calls him happy does she yeah she calls him happy as like a pet name maybe it's uh, ironic maybe... I think Oh, look, it's happy again. Maybe, or it does add some fuel to the actual official story later on, doesn't it? Which we find out about Arthur's mum. He meets his neighbour in the lift, single mum Sophie. He thinks they get on really well, even though he pretends to shoot himself in the head. <laughs> with his finger, with a finger girl. Well, she does it first. She does it first, but then he, like, after far too long to... Yeah, and with the kid watching. She did it so the kid wasn't watching. Mm. Yeah. He did it in front of the kid. Yeah. But he thinks I hit it off wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bloke. Yeah. Um, so he's got this gun on him now, which he's prancing around in the front room with and managed to blow a hole in the wall. And then we end up at the children's hospital. Yeah, his co-worker Randall gave it him, didn't he? Yes. He protect himself because yeah. he attacked. Well, that's it, but, you know... You don't give a mentally ill man a gun. Okay. It's not wise. No, especially... He's mean on... clowns. You can't be giving him guns. <laughs> also, clowns shouldn't carry guns, which I think is fair. Only squirty flowers. No, because they can have acid in, as we saw. <laughs> what? 
Well, in the, in the original Batman movie, the 1989 Tim Burton, one the Joker's got loads of acid in his flower. I see. Yeah, he burns off the, his girlfriend's face, half his girlfriend's face with it. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> so Arthur goes to the children's hospital as part of his job to entertain some kids who all look very ill, and his gun accidentally falls out on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. If you're happy and you know it, throw your gun on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, they're singing. It's not a good moment for him. Yeah, they're singing if you're happy and you know it, aren't they? At the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Basically, so he gets fired on the way home. Pretty much, he, he, he did go with my excuse. I was like, oh, why didn't he call it a prop or a squirty gun or something? And he did, he did go with my excuse. I was like, yes. It's a prop. Yeah, but you still shouldn't be taking a gun, a very realistic-looking prop gun, into a kid's hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Still probably not the best idea. Why am I going yes stuff in the same mentality as this? Oh. I'll shoot the cancer out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what, and then you spray acid or bullets? I mean, acid. <laughs> spray acid. <laughs> the kid's face. <laughs> Sadistic film. <laughs> I didn't know if you meant it was. I don't know. It's a pretty dark film. <laughs> so he's on the subway home. You got these three drunk ass hat business guys harassing a lone woman. The problem is he starts to um, laugh uncontrollably, which then I mean, in one respect, allows the woman to get away. Yeah. Because well, he's obviously nervous. He's obviously nervous for the woman, isn't he? Or he's nervous. He's like, oh, they're, they're going to do something to that yeah. woman and I'm going to have to step in. So I'm getting nervous. So that's why he starts laughing. Or well, once they finish doing what they're doing to her, maybe they're going to beat me up so I don't say anything as well. Yeah. Mm. Maybe, they'll, maybe they'll abuse him too. Maybe they will. He's dressed as a clown. <laughs> <laughs> They get annoyed that this woman runs off and so sort of grab him, starts sort of taking the piss. Well, they said that song, doesn't they? Yeah, like sending the clones. Yeah, that bit's great where he's just singing the song at him. Yeah. And, and Joker's just laughing. And he's trying to get the card out to show him that he's got this yeah. condition and he can't manage it. They snatch his bag. Before you know it, they're holding him. One smacks him, he goes down. The train goes into darkness and then you get this uh, illuminated. They're, kicking him. they're yeah. kicking him in any way, just do bang, one shot, bang, bang. He's killed another. The one sort of flees the scene wounded and he sort of runs up and kind of executes him really, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He can really shift in them clown shoes though. Yeah. You put on a good sprint. He did. And then he does this weird sort of he's, he's in the makeup, he's he's ditched some stuff, and then he's just dancing in the in those public toilets. Yeah. Looks in the mirror, arms open. It's like he's presenting the new Joker to the world. It's nice yeah. to have a theory that he's actually got multiple personality yes. disorders. Well, I want to get into a bit of Young, actually, in the shadows. Anyone have heard of that? No. no. It's a theory that a set of personality traits are pushed into the unconscious that represents all that's desirable from that person or the society. Some right. of the bad things like murder, rape, all these sort of things pushed. Yeah, got, I can't have them thoughts. You've got to push them deep down. It's yeah, bad, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, but the more that the shadow is repressed, the denser it becomes. Oh, so it forms into one massive uber shadow. Yeah, so the clown face represents the, the persona, the full self. Yeah. Uh, the uncontrollable laugh represents the dark shadow that Arthur's unaware of at first. The monster inside Arthur grows strong and when he, he murders it comes out as a joker. 
Yeah, so it's almost like so the the Joker personality is for, trying to force its way through yeah. with a laugh. Yeah. And then, but he keeps obviously repressing it, taking the meds, and when he's off the meds, or when he kills, it becomes fully fledged because he just, yeah. you know, once he's, he's done no that, longer Arthur now, is he? No, yeah. he's in the mirror. He's like, yeah, like, this is the Joker. And the Joker's full of confidence. He strolls straight into Sophie's apartment, yeah. kisses her, says, "Hey, come on, let's go out." He goes to his office to clear out his locker, where he's basically punches the clock machine off the wall after taking the piss a bit. There's a bit of a swagger to his step now, in a way. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's more confident. I think he's scary confident, though. He, you know. Yeah, it's psycho confidence. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm too much of a fucking lunatic not to be worried about any consequences whatsoever, confidence. Mm. Would you agree? Yep. Yeah. So, you go to a bit of background into the situation in Gotham now. This is a segment on the TV. Um, there's the anti-rich sentiment growing in the city. And you've got Thomas Wayne, who's a multi-billionaire, Batman's dad. Yeah. Right? Who we all feel so sorry for because he was gunned down. Turns out he's a bit of an ass at himself. <laughs> Just says they're envious, they're clowns because they never made it like me. Can't believe it, can you? He makes his money off the backs of the workers. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't pay them enough money. And then has a go at them and says that they're... They're, they're clowns? Worth, yeah, they're workers. Along me and all my mates here, we're, we're, we're the good guys. Interesting, isn't it? Unbelievable, isn't it? Spot on, isn't it? Yeah, it is really. And I can imagine that's why the critics didn't like this film very much, of because, uh, because of its anti-societal message, yeah. anti-system I, message. Yeah. After this point, uh, Arthur visits his therapist the last time. This is where I find it. They've cut the funding. He says, look, all you ever do is ask me if I have any negative thoughts. He says, all I have are negative thoughts. And you're like, wow. Yeah. So maybe he's got no medicine either. No. Nope. He writes in his book, that the worst part of having a mental illness, people expect you to act like you don't. Mm-hmm. That's also very true. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all suffered from depression, haven't we? Yeah. People expect you to act normally and... Of course, what's wrong with you? Let's go ahead. Put yourself together. Yeah. It's very true. We've all heard it. It's all very true. And he says they don't really give a shit. Actually, she says, doesn't she? Yeah. They don't really give a shit about people like you and me. That's it. Well, she's just got been made redundant yeah. as well, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she has her own work in Arkham, in yeah. Arkham Prison. Presumably the four onto Arkham Asylum of Batman fame. Hmm. Yeah, so you know, but he thinks he's kind of got to... I think the, the thought that he was going to get arrested immediately has gone out of his head. He's, I think he thinks he's getting away with this murders. He seems to be pushed to the back of his mind at the moment. Because when he goes to the comedy club, he gets a spot. Yeah. Yeah. And he thinks, well, Sophie's in the audience, or at least he thinks she's in the audience. And he's... Obviously, he's under a lot of stress, so he starts breaking into laughter. He tells a couple of bad jokes. It's not the greatest set. It's not the greatest set. Arthur. We went to a local comedy club. One guy walked off, didn't he? He did, because his jokes weren't landing. He just goes, I oh, forget it, I'm done. Oh. I actually thought he was in all right. I, I actually thought it was quite funny. Well, he was pun-based, yeah. wasn't he? Like, he had a... Oh, man, I remember one... He had well, like a similar sort of carrot top, is it? Yeah, he, like his coat... Add loads of apples taped to the back, and he's like, Has anyone seen my new Apple Mac? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's all right. That. I think what it was a is. A lot of people were like, Oh, you know, because that's the kind of the bad puns. That's the kind of. That's how you react to them. Yeah. yeah. I think he missed. Doesn't mean you don't enjoy them. 
yeah. No one was heckling him. No. Everyone was. And he left. He just stormed off the stage, didn't he? Yeah, and we even all chanted for him to come back, yeah. and he wouldn't. Wouldn't come back. Apparently, he's got autism, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh. I I quite enjoyed his yeah. work. I forgot the guy. It was a damn sight better than his routine. <laughs> <laughs> what only for those four jokes he told. Yeah. I mean, Arthur tells two no jokes. No offence, poor Arthur. But he ain't he ain't a stand up, is he? No. No. And because he's off his meds, he's only actually getting worse. Yeah. So he's obviously he thinks he killed it. He thinks he absolutely fucking killed it, and Sophie was laughing, and he, and he was like, "Oh man, I'm fucking, I'm either getting laid tonight, or I'm gonna become a, a massive stand-up comedian. This is yeah. amazing." So he's walking home with her. It's like a bit of a date almost, isn't it? He looks at this picture of the clown vigilante on the newspaper, and it's like, and it looks nothing like what he was wearing. And at that point, I think he has a little, <laughs> I think he does like a smirk to his face, like, oh, I'm "Definitely in the fucking clear now." Yeah. Because that, that was nothing like what I was wearing. And then, of course, Sophie probably gets him hard by saying, I think those guys deserved it. That guy, the guy who shot him's a hero. Mm. I think he probably got hard at that point. She's just buttressing his ego, isn't she? Yeah. He's, he's already fucking hallucinating that she's there. Um, he thinks they're dating great. <laughs> now, is a bit of backstory again to his mother, Penny is that she keeps writing to Thomas Wayne. She used to work at Wayne Manor, presumably as some kind of maid or something like that. Menial staff, isn't it, you'd say? She, and I don't know, does it? I does think it it's, she's like a housekeeper, I think. Mm. She must be something. She comes into Thomas Wayne's bedroom, so I'm assuming that... Uh, well, she thinks she does. <laughs> <laughs> Could um, be a nursemaid. <laughs> who knows? Maybe young Bruce was suckling at her teeth. I don't know. I don't know, that's timelines out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Arthur reads this letter and it implies that Arthur is Thomas Wayne's bastard son from an affair that she had with Wayne while he was working for her yeah. and they weren't allowed to talk about it so she was kind of let go and, you know, couldn't be together even though they loved each other. Oh. And Arthur travels to Wayne Manor in the hope of learning the truth, meeting young Bruce, doing some creepy magic for him. I'm hoping it's Arthur. Uh, so I'm hoping it's Alfred who comes and intervenes. I think it is. And Alfred's obviously heard these rumours before, I'd imagine, probably because his missus, his, his monkey's sending the fucking letters all the time. Well, he's the, he's a butler man. Yeah. He knows everything, doesn't he? She, yeah, probably, yeah. Everything. she probably worked for him. Yeah. I'd imagine he was probably she was one of the people under him. Probably. And he's like, no, your mother was uh, was sick and ill, dick sick and delusional. In that point, could be Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, maybe. I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> he attacks Alfred, which I wasn't happy about. Obviously, does a runner. When he gets back to his apartment, mm. Penny is being taken to hospital because two policemen were. They had to question Arthur about the subway killings, knowing that a rogue clown with a gun had just been fired and was on the way home, and that was probably the train he'd have taken. Yeah. Solid police work. Yeah, but it all goes pear shaped, doesn't it? Well, yes. Because they end up shooting an innocent person. Well, yes. Yeah, later on. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, go on then. Now, he's sat at his mother's bedside, he thinks she had a stroke, and he's watching the Murray show, or uh, Franklin Murray show. He's like making fun of Arthur's comedy skit because apparently it didn't go as well as you thought it did. Yeah. Got a video of him, yeah. I still think it's bad form. 
by Murray Franklin. I'm sorry. He's a comedian himself. He should be taking the piss out of another comedian. Well, I agree with you to a point, but it's all about getting him laughs, isn't it? And yeah. Well, he does cheap laughs, isn't it? It's cheap laughs, but it's no laughs. He does a show every night, Mike. He's going to keep coming up with new material. Think I'm about a firm believer in punching up, not punching down. Well, as a crypto Marxist, that's probably <laughs> to be expected. But they are taking the piss out of him. At the end of the day, they still are. Then we go cut to the streets and people are starting to wear clown masks and protesting against the rich. Thomas Wayne has said, I'm going to run for mayor and I'm going to try and make all these people's lives better and no one really believes him. Fuck the rich, fuck the system. Kill the rich. There was that sign saying. Oh, did one say that, did it? Yeah. Um, so Arthur's kind of started a movement indirectly. Him and Thomas Wayne have kind of started a a movement. He realises there's a fundraiser where Wayne is announcing he's going to run as mayor officially. He disguises himself as a bellboy, sneaks into the cinema to confront him, which he does in the toilet. Uh, introducing himself. Calls him dad. Calls him dad. <laughs> says, how about just a little warmth? What is it with you people why you're all fucking so... such bastards, basically? Thomas Fatley obviously desires he's Arthur's father and says that he was actually adopted. So he doesn't mo- believe. Your mother's you're not even your mother, you were adopted. Your mother was sick, you know. And it turns out that she was. Uh, she was arrested and sent to Arkham State Hospital. And then uh, Arthur laughs because obviously his condition. And Tommy punches him. <laughs> TW punches, I think, which I think is harsh. He says, stay away the fuck away from my house. You know, you're nothing to make my son. I'll call the police. I'll fucking kill you. Continent. He is. Two messages left on on his phone at this point now, on the answer phone. One from the police wanting to speak to him about the subway murders. Obviously not a major suspect, but certainly a person of interest. Yeah. I'd have thought. Probably. Otherwise, I'd have just arrested him and brought the door down and arrested him. And one from the Murray Franklin show. You want him on. Yeah. Is that a, well, yeah, that is real, isn't it? Yeah, they want him on. It's, it's, he's going to talk about his little skit and they're going to get a lot of response to it and presumably they just want him on to make fun of him. Yeah. Get a bit of boost, a bit of ratings. After he hears that, he goes to Arkham Asylum, Arkham Hospital himself and has a bit of a chat to the clerk and finds out that Penny Fleck was uh, had a narcissistic personality disorder and delusional psychosis. Uh, he was also uh, abused by some of her boyfriends, and altogether it was it led to brain damage, which has left her with a mental illness. Uh, she was arrested for endangering her own child. The adoption certificate for him is in there, in the file. That could have been forged. It could have been because he's powerful and wealthy enough to get that. She yeah. insisted that Thomas Wayne covered it up, but then the adoption certificate's there. But then again, she is narcissistic and. Paranoid and delusional. Yeah. It's hard to say. Isn't it? It could mm. be the truth. And they could have just beat her up and told her to, and made yeah. her say it. Yeah. We don't know for sure, do we? Which could have brought on the condition in itself, the, the abuse that she suffered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or oh, so, who's to say? Did he cover it up? Mm. Is there, I mean, there's always that, always been that fan theory the Joker is actually Batman's half-brother. Yeah. Mm. Now, Arthur is absolutely devastated when he finds this out. He 
for all he knows, he's taking it as the truth. Here's my adoption certificate. My mother was arrested. She was sent to you. Here's my medical records of where I was beaten about the head and what have you. Uh, what she watched. He's so devastated, he goes into Sophie's apartment. And then when she freaks out upon walking in, seeing him there, he then, I think, realises that she's not his girlfriend. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that coming until he walked in. I was yeah, like, no, oh. good on it. A nice twist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he has literally just imagined the entire thing, which is a shitter. Next thing you see, you see him leaving. You don't know if he killed her. You don't know if he just left her alone. I think he would have left her alone. I think so. I mean... Mm, but he's not Arthur now, is he? He's a joker now. Mm. Would the joker have left alone? Mm, interesting. Anyway, he um, visits his mother in the hospital. And he sort of talks to her. He says, I used to think my life was a tragedy, so now, but now I realise it's a fucking comedy. And then smothers with a pillow. Yeah. Killing you. Yeah, I've got a bit on that, actually. Absurdism. Right. Has anyone ever heard of that? No. Yes, I think I've heard of the name. Albert Camus. Camus? Yeah, I think it's pronounced Camus, isn't it? Well, either way, I've heard of him. Yeah. There's no universal code of moral and ethics. The absurd arises between the individual's search for meaning and the meaningless of the universe. Right. So the only way, only thing to, to conclude from that is that it's absurd. He compares the absurdity of man's life and the unreasonable silence of the universe in response. Like the comedian from Watchmen. Life's a joke, it's too yeah. absurd. Everything's it's all a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of agree with it. Yeah, there is some truth in it, isn't there? Absolutely. So let's cut back to uh, Arthur. He's practising his entrance in his routine, getting himself ready for the show. And the doorbell rings. He's got a white painted face. It's quite, he's got, that's a moment of comedy in this film, actually, where he's got this, he's got this white painted face. He's obviously working out his makeup and... The door rings and it's it's Randall, the guy who gave him the gun and he used to work with, and Gary, who was a... Are we saying midget or dwarf? They're dwarf, because Dw it's dwarfism, is it? Right, dwarf. I don't think you can say midget, now. Can't you? I always forget. Little person. Can I say little person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, I don't Smaller know. Smaller person? Small per Look, he, he's an umpa-lumper. challenged. He'd be an umpa-lumper if he was, you know... If they were making Willy Wonka. There you go. I don't think they're happy with that either. It's all Willy Wonka's fault. Oh. So he's got this bright white face, clone painted face. Knock on the door. It's Randall and Gary, the little guy. And he's just like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, they're like, oh, man, we heard about your mom. Police are sniffing around. They've been asking us about you, where I got the gun, where you got the gun from, where you could have got that gun from. You know, let's just make sure we've got the same story. And he's like, yeah, that's great, that's great. Yeah, we should do that, that's a really good idea. And then just repeatedly stabs him in the face with some scissors. Mm -hmm. Then grabbed his head and then bossed it against the wall. Yeah. Quite violent. Yes. Poor little Gary, shat in his pants. I would be. You know, there's blood everywhere. Um, but he lets him go. He's like, no, we were always all right. You can go. But then Gary, as you pointed out in the film, has little person problems. He can't reach a chain on the door. He has to ask uh, Arthur to let him out. 
Which he does. Mm. And off he goes. Well, now there's no sort of time frame now because there's a bit of a time leap in the film because you don't know how long it's been since he murdered that guy and to where he's dancing down the steps in the scene. Cue Gary Glitter, dance down the steps. I assume it's a few hours. I'm sure she said it was like oh, it was like next Thursday. So you're not quite yeah, sure. Yeah, but mum's been hospital. been hospital for a bit, haven't she? Mm. I don't know. Well, either way, he's dancing on the steps in in what's a a pretty good scene. I like it. You like the song, don't you? I do. I know it's Gary Glitter, but you know he wasn't always. Uh, all his songs were a bit nonsense. It's not the song's fault. <laughs> It's like Greg's. I don't think any of his songs are about nonsense. I'm about nonsense again. He might have wrote some private songs about nonsense that were never released. We don't know. You never know. But, you know, I just think the, the songs are innocent, like the sausage rolls. Remember the, the guy from Greg's, or the, the heir to the Greg's fortune? Yeah. Which for our, our foreign listeners is like a. Like, they're everywhere, Greg's. They sell sausage rolls and pasties and cake and things like that. He was arrested of nonsense. But we all still buy Greg's. Oh, yeah, bakery chain. You know, the sausage rolls are innocent. The are same. They? Well, they're not made with children. Well, at least I hope they're not. It was quite satanic, wasn't it? Where they were placed, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, all the Greg's. Yeah. Satanic Greg's? Yeah. Where they're placed? Yeah, they're all placed in, like this, in towns. They're all placed in, like, a pentagram. Oh, right, okay. Allegedly. He's approached by the police as he's dancing down the stairs and he runs and he takes a fucking nasty hit off a car, doesn't he? Yeah. Still gets up, gets onto the subway, which is full of people wearing clown masks and clown paint because there's a big demonstration in the middle of town today. He kind of starts a fight, doesn't he, in an attempt to get away because he's in the perfect place to escape. He's wearing clown makeup in a train full of clowns. Yeah. The police who are chasing him so we can get into the fracas. There's uh, shots fired. Before you know it, the police are getting dragged out. They've shot somebody. And they're getting dragged out and beaten. Yep. So you'd argue that revolution is very much in the air in Gotham at this moment. I wouldn't be like to be out <laughs> at this time. Oh, I don't know if I was wearing the clown mask. Nah, I wouldn't really want to be in the middle of a loot and burn. That's why it's going to be peaceful. Uh, where are we? So uh, he makes it to the Murray show. He writes, uh, "Put on a happy face on the mirror in what looks like lipstick," and says to Murray, "You know, introduce me as Joker. You said I was a Joker. You know, that's what this looks about." He's just, after he assures that the look is uh, not political. At this point, his plan is he's still going to kill himself, isn't he? He's going to go on the show, tell half a joke, blow his head off. Fuck you. Knock knock. Boom. Yeah. He's kind of mocked again just before he goes on, but then he comes on, he dances across the stage. Marvellously. Mm-hmm. You know, he tells the... He kisses that woman, mm-hmm. who's just some old doctor woman who he's got on, that's great. Does his creepy laugh. And he tells a joke, he says, knock, knock. Who's there? It's the police, your son's dead. He's written by a drunk driver, he's dead. <laughs> the woman's like, you can't, you can't do that. That's not fun, that's not funny. And then he eventually goes on to... Uh, admitting to killing the three men on the subway. He said he found that was funny. And he says, do I look like a clown to become a symbol? I'm not a symbol. You know, it was a great speech, though. So you will go into some of that a bit, in a bit, when some of the quotes. And he changes the plan at the last minute. Arthur doesn't shoot himself anymore. He decides he's going to shoot Murray in the head. Mm. 
In the meantime, Gotham is literally on fire. Like, think of France, think of Paris, but more on fire. Yeah, people are looting and It's shooting. a good old-fashioned fire and loot. Shooting and... Looks a bit violent. For some reason, the police come and arrest Arthur and take him out of the building and transport him, what's presumably across town, in the, middle of, in the middle of the rioting, yeah. uh, where then an ambulance crashes, driven by a clone, an ambulance crashes into the police car. They kind of get him out, lay him on the bonnet. He's fucked at this point. We then get a shot of Thomas, Martyr and Bruce Wayne fleeing from the cinema. What was the film again? The gay Zorro the Gay Sword? The Gay Blade. The Gay Blade. <laughs> and they are shot by a guy in a clone mask, presumably giving Bruce his lifelong clone phobia. Did he have clone phobia? No, but there's a certain... Well, he probably had a dislike of clones. I'd imagine. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Now, this led me to go down a train I thought I wasn't particularly comfortable with. Because it turns out that Batman could be considered... And I love the Batman. I love Batman. All right? He's my favourite... Probably my favourite superhero. Yeah. He's a bit of a rich dick, isn't he? Yeah, he could have, he could have ended poverty in a city. That money he's got. Yeah. He just shared it about. Yeah. And you wouldn't have all this criminality, or the city would be massively decreased. Well, there would be no reason, if, you know... If Everybody was getting the sufficient uh, medication and therapies that they needed. That's the cause of all of our problems, is poverty and inequality. Yeah. It all boils down to that. He could alleviate that. But what about when you get supervillains showing up, like Mr Freeze, Poison Ivy, Two-Face? I wonder about if he gets, if he nips it in the bud before that. Oh, right. Prevention's always better than cure. True, but would you still end up with the supervillains? No. There'd always be somebody Because you would have a joke, would you, Claire? You'd always get someone that's disgruntled. You do. But he would have been treated properly, wouldn't he? And he if he kept on his meds, he might, he might not have turned into the Joker. Mm. Maybe. That's one example. I'm sure all of those are quite similar. Well, they've all got their own tragic backstory. One of them was bound to happen. Yeah. You can't stop everything, but you can reduce it significantly by reducing inequality and poverty. True, I mean, you wouldn't have so... There wouldn't be a need for him to be dressed as a giant Batman. Exactly. Out at night, if he was just, like, beating up muggers and stuff like that, because they wouldn't need to mug, because they'd have enough money. And he can beat them up, but still someone's going to take their place. Well, no, the idea is that it's you don't go out and rob in Gotham, because there's a Batman about... It doesn't happen, does it? Because he's always got enemies. Yeah, there's always a lot of crime in Gotham. Yeah. Regardless of what, how bad would it be if Batman wasn't there? If he just gave his fucking money away, <laughs> some of it, asking to give him all away, just give half of it away, problem solved. He's a bit of a dick then. Maybe he just enjoys punching poor people. <laughs> I think that's what it boils down to. And supervillains. You know, obviously. And so we cut back to Arthur, and he's sort of he's up on his feet. He's on top of the car, dancing. The crowd are cheering. He's become whether he likes it or not. He is a symbol now yeah. of, of certainly anarchy. Smears his smile and his own blood. He's clearly insane. It's not a man you want to follow, though, is it? No. Yeah, but talking about the shadow earlier, the Joker becomes a martyr for the collective shadow. Now, so this guy's doing it because we can't. Yeah, so all their repressed anger, hate, all those things they were told to suppress, they can release it through him. He's giving them the permission to do it, isn't he? Yeah. 
Just like Hitler. Mm-hmm. Are you Hitler. comparing the Joker to Hitler? In a way, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> because that's what Hitler did. The collective shadow of the German people projected onto him and... You mean like Boris? As awful as it, it was absolutely awful, but it was so, it was powerful, wasn't it? They got, they almost conquered the world, to be fair. Well, yeah. well it wasn't for us Brits, Mike, and the Americans and the Russians. Up until 1941, they were winning. They were, but Stalingrad stopped them, didn't it, the Russians? The Russians would have won it without us, anyway. Probably. Anyway, we then cut to Arthur in Arkham with a psychiatrist, and he's, uh, I think he's, he's, he's laughing, isn't he? And she says, like, oh, and then he flashes to a scene of the Waynes and Bruce. And the Waynes are face down in the alleyway and Bruce is stood there looking at his dead parents. And I can't help he's laughing thinking of that. She says, what's so funny? And he says, I'm thinking about a joke. And She says, well, what is it? And he says, you won't, you won't yeah. get it. And the next thing you see him walking out, a trail of blood behind him on a... He's yeah. killed a social worker. Yeah, so he's obviously done. He's obviously killed or incapacitated her somehow. He gets chased by orderlies, and the film ends, and that is the movie. It's a, it's a great movie. I think it's. I think it's a masterpiece. I do. I really do. I think it's superb. The only inconsistency is he wouldn't be in the room alone, or no, of course with, not. With that, uh... no, I did actually <laughs> notice. He just like... shot someone on live television. No, <laughs> yeah. I did actually notice on the on the wall in the room. The final scene, it does say no unattended patients. Uh, it's stenciled on the wall, <laughs> and she is there with an unattended patient. Unless that is in itself a reflection on the cuts to the social Could services. Be. Yeah. So they haven't got enough staff to have two people in there. Could be. Yeah, yeah I think it's a brilliant idea. Yes, and it has some very strong themes to it, um, which we'll get into now, um, because it is, it is, as good a film it is, it's. Every I, I was in, great, truly great films have a lot of underlying messages that you have to be that can be there to be examined and uh, what's the worst? The best films, the more you watch it, you get something each time. Yeah, like Naked Gun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I, I always get a new joke out of that every time I watch it. Like The Shining or something. Yeah. You get something new at The Shining every time you watch yeah, it? It's layered, isn't it? It's deep. Yeah. It's like an onion. Yeah, apparently, like, oh, I won't go into it now, but yeah, it is. It's like an onion. Thanks. <laughs> so, the protagonist, Arthur Fleck, is a victim of abuse as much as he is a villain. As a child, he was severely abused by his mother's boyfriend, and this abuse shapes his personality as an adult and his mental condition. He can no longer trust the society he's a part of and won't let it let him down again. Of course. This happens time and time again with people, doesn't it, in care and that? Yeah. It's why they'd rather live on the streets because they just don't trust the society. Yeah. Yeah, you could argue that he's living in a post traumatic haze of delusion, hate, and mistrust. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you mention it. <laughs> And while he's initially presented as someone with mental health issues and inherent conditions, he later learns they are a direct result of the trauma and abuse he suffers as a child. Yeah, they often are, aren't they? Yeah. It sort of triggers them, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the film shows the ways that abuse leads basically to more abuse. Rather than really rehabilitate and try to become be a better person, Arthur becomes twisted by the abuse he suffers and he turns into a villain, taking out his trauma on others using violence. 
In this way, uh, the film shows there's something behind Arthur's mindless violence, some woundedness that has caused him to become aggressive. You see all the time with these people that go mental and shoot in schools in America. Yeah. Yeah? They've been bullied or... Yeah. Just don't feel worthy of being in society. Everyone has a breaking point. Mm-hmm. You know, some people hit it, some people just fall short, but everyone's got one. Uh, what about nihilism and anarchy? Obviously the Joker is a symbol of anarchy, especially in the Batman world, the DC universe. So when traditional social systems prove disappointing to Arthur, he becomes a nihilist, believing in nothing and simply following his chaotic impulse. When he kills the three businessmen for the first time, he has a sense of epiphany, and he feels powerful for the first time in his life. Which is what killing does. I mean, people didn't maybe. Know, people didn't notice him before, Taking the sit up and taking notice now. Well, that's it, isn't it? And I'd imagine that the reason a lot of people like to own guns for a start is one, it makes them feel more powerful. I love that Simpsons episode of Homer gets a gun. Oh, he's he can't get rid of it, can he? That's yeah. it. He's using a can. He's using the gun to just open his beer and turn the lights off. <laughs> you use your gun to open beer cans. Like, doesn't everyone? He's got a shun for it, though, doesn't he? He does. He does, that's true. But then Marge gets yeah. it anyway, so... Yeah. As a result of the failures of the systems that govern, people run to the streets to show a protest, but they're not imagining a better world. Rather, they're turning to chaos and anarchy as a mode of revolution. Uh, they are fighting... The chaos and anarchy, I, I hate it how they represent it the same thing. Anarchy is just self-rule. means no one governs us. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be chaos. It tends to, though. No, it hasn't in the past. You know, that's what it's become now, the interpretation of it has become, whether that's through subtle mani- media manipulation, of course. that anarchy is now a bad thing and you can't rule yourself. Exactly. They want it, they want it to think to mean chaos, don't they? Mm. Yes. In the film, murder is portrayed as an act of freedom and self-realisation for a troubled character like Arthur, a way to embrace nihilistic and anarchic philosophies and find some semblance of power in a disempowering system. So the system is telling him he's worthless, he's not yep. worth looking after, but when he's got that gun in his hand, and he's got that makeup on, whoa. Well, Arthur, he doesn't want to feel like Arthur, does he? No. So we create this alternate, alternate persona, the Joker. Of course. That's if he hasn't, well, we already know he's got a mental health condition, he could have mm-hmm. the same as his mom, couldn't he? Mm-hmm. That's it. The failure of the state is an important one in this. Of course um, it is. And again, a tie into to our own time now. Yeah. Which is why I think this film struck a chord with a lot of people. Of course. That's why the elite, they didn't get it. Did they? But no. we got it. Because we're suffering it. We, we're living through it. That's it. Arthur's mental illness is only exacerbated by the fact that social services are so limited in Gotham and he's unable to find adequate care. Because of his economic struggles, he must see a social worker. But halfway through the film, her office is shut down by the government in Gotham, which is driven more by profit than by the imperative of protecting and helping its ordinary citizens. Profit over people, same old story, innit? In this moment, we see that the failure of the state contributes directly into Arthur's descent to madness. Again, because he's not his meds. They were the only thing keeping him in check, probably, forcing down the, the Joker character in his brain. 
When Arthur kills the three businessmen on the subway, the act is misinterpreted as an act of class warfare, even though Arthur was not thinking in those ways. When Thomas Wayne goes on television to address the issue, he refers to lower-class dissenters as clowns, disparaging the grievance of the poor and suggesting that he does not care about their concerns. This only fires up the lower-class citizens of Gotham more who take up Arthur's violent act as a symbol for the whole movement. When Arthur goes on Murray Franklin's show, he admits the murders of the three businessmen. He tells Murray, quote, Ugh, why is everybody so upset about these guys? If it was me dying on the sidewalk, you'd, roar, you'd walk right over me. I pass you every day and you don't notice me. But these guys, well, because Thomas Wayne would cry about them on TV? While he is unhinged and irrational in many ways, at times Arthur makes cogent points about the injustice of society and the way the elites abandon those at the bottom. Mm. And he's got a point. You know, Thomas Wayne goes on telly and says, oh yeah, they work for me, they're all fine, educated young men, so they were terrible, this is why I'm going to run for mayor, so I can sort the city out. But these, those guys were dicks. Who knows what they'd have done to that woman. They to die. No, they didn't, but... Who knows what they'd have done to that woman? That would have set the precedent for all their future behaviour. Mm. One of them might have ended up being president one day. Presumably the blonde one. <laughs> that's it, the elites and their kids, they fail upwards. That's it. If we fail, that's it, on the streets. You know, these guys are dicks, they're sociopaths, and who's to know if that's the first time or the 71st time they've done that on a train late at night? Who knows? Yeah. I still don't think anyone deserves death, though. I don't believe in the death penalty. Well, no, I'm just pointing out that mm. since he's, he's got that, but the, you know, because they were seen as being more value in, to society because yeah. Thomas Wayne said, oh, yeah, they were great, yeah. but I'm here every day, and if yeah. I was dying on the street, you'd step over me. You don't care about me. Yeah, he's got a point. You know, comedy, main theme of the film. It's, not exactly laugh out loud funny, this movie, but <laughs> comedy is certainly a major theme in the film in different ways. Firstly, Arthur is obsessed with stand-up comedy and with his television idol, Murray Franklin. He dreams of overcoming his shyness, mental illness and loneliness by connecting with an audience to performing as a stand-up. Um, he keeps a book of jokes that are just strange and disturbing thoughts and goes to stand-up comedy shows where he often laughs at the wrong moments and inappropriate moments. <laughs> And because he has that condition, uh, it sort of shows that Arthur is out of step with mainstream culture and standards of comedy. So that condition's putting him out of step with everybody else. He's laughing at the wrong bits. Yeah, I put that in my notes, yeah, out of sync, he? Yeah. Um, so after he fails as a stand-up comedian, which he did think he killed, in all fairness, he thought he was fucking... He, was good, he thought he was great. His botch performance becomes the target of mockery on The Murray Franklin Show. Arthur becomes even more alienated in society and slips even deeper into his villainous character Joker. When he is invited to appear on the show, he tells disturbing jokes, much to the chagrin of Murray and the studio audience. Arthur's distance to the mainstream comedic world runs in parallel with his general alienation and he ruminates about this connection between society's standards and standards for what is funny and what is not. He insists, comedy is subjective, Murray. Isn't that what they say? All of you, the system that knows so much, you decide what's right or wrong in the same way you decide what's funny or not. Oh, isn't it just? Mm -hmm. Moments later, he frames his murder of Morias as a simple joke, saying, What do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that abandons him and treats him like trash? You get what you fucking deserve. Mm. 
It's a brutal scene, that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. In this moment, we see that Arthur's unhinged violent impulse and chaotic destruction tendencies have become aligned with his desire to make people laugh. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, again, he's got, he's got a point, hasn't he? Yeah. You just decide what's funny and what's not. Well, obviously, you know, someone being killed in a drunk driving accident isn't funny. But who's to say? Who decides that Mrs. Brown's boys is funny? I mean, I think that's a pile of dog shit. <laughs> but I see a lot. Seen a lot of people seem to like it. Jamie loves it. Really? My husband loves it. Oh dear! Wow. My dad loves it. Well, Does my it? dad loves it. I thought it was only people of a certain yeah. age. <laughs> We're nearly that certain age we are. <laughs> we're not that certain age. We're That's comedy for people that clap when the plane lands. They have such low expectations. And the elderly, they're just happy to live through another day. They don't laugh at anything. Jamie's a young man. What's he like it for? Oh, man. I mean, I'm all for a bit of slapstick, but no. No, it's not for me. They've just got to replace it, fr like freshen it up, haven't they? Every so often, you can't keep watching the old shit. Well, that's true. Last one, the last, last theme of the film, vigilanteism. Arthur taking matters of justice into his own hands while his political ideology is rather chaotic and confused, tainted by mental illness and delusion, he does have a strange sense of justice. He kills the three businessmen on the train who are harassing him and a woman on the lady. He kills his co-worker who gave him his gun in the first place, as well as his mother who allowed him to be abused. Arthur does not have a clear political agenda. He kills people who he believes have wronged him. Because he sees himself as the ultimate victim of society's ills, in this way he's a kind of vigilante, someone who steps in to enact vengeance and justice when the law and the state are not doing enough to protect its citizens. That's why I don't think he killed the... A potential girlfriend, or not potential girlfriend. Mm. Imaginary girlfriend. Imaginary girlfriend, yeah. Real neighbour, imaginary girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. He let the dwarf go, didn't he? He yeah. did. I mean, he, has he, does he have a he killed reason? a social worker, we think. We Yeah, we assume he killed the social worker at the end. Maybe it's because she abandoned him. Yeah. It's like his mom. She, I suppose maybe he sees her as a symbol of the system that failed him. A possibility. Is he a vigilante in the true sense? No. He's got no. a political agenda, has he? So. Well, no, it's Batman. Mm. And no, actually, Batman's political agenda is the rich stay in charge yeah. and stay rich. Yeah. Batman, you rich dick. He's definitely conservative, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a Republican, wouldn't he, Bruce Wayne? Yeah. Or a Democrat, you know, there's so many differences, right. is it? The rich are on both sides nowadays, it doesn't matter. America, yeah. If it was our political system, he wouldn't be Labour, would he? No, <laughs> no. Not all them suits. And those nice uh, soirees he goes to. Oh, the Lamborghinis that he's driving around in. I'm thinking about the Batman. Just then he could clean up Gotham like that. He could. I mean, he buy, He literally buys a restaurant at one point <laughs> just so his, his two stripper girlfriends could have a little bath in the fountain. I mean, that's how much money Bruce Wayne's got. He can buy a high-class restaurant, just just like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but now I'd rather go, instead of actually helping the people, I'd just rather go out at night just to bat and kick the shit out of them. Yeah. I don't think it is about helping people. I think it's just about him being a psychopath. And <laughs> to use this as a fucking excuse. He's potentially uh, Joker's brother. Yeah. 
Potentially, that's that's another talking point, isn't it? Is, yeah, maybe the apple didn't fall so far from the tree. That's but, it. It isn't. See, it is a major fan fiction or fan theory that the Joker is in some way related to Batman. Either sides of the coin, you know, Cain and Abel, mm. all that. So maybe they are half brothers. I'm beginning to like Batman less after seeing Yeah, me too, and I'm gonna to need to watch Batman film after. <laughs> I must admit when this came out I thought, oh, do we need another Joker? Mm. No one's gonna equal or beat Heath Ledger. Boy was I wrong. Boy did I have egg in my face. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> says Heath Ledger but, and Heath was great, but I was definitely on a par. I always liked Jack. I love Jack as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jack Nicholson's Joker is but yeah. the, the simple argument to it. The simple end to that argument is they were all great, apart from Jared Leto. Literally. He was okay. It was just his look yes. um, let him down. I think. I think he mannerism wise, I think he was fine. His look was just terrible. He looked like an urban pimp. Mm. You know, the tattoos I can deal with, but I, my Joker doesn't have fucking silver teeth. You know, or gold I never teeth. Saw it. I've seen the pictures of him. I didn't like the look. He doesn't need a pink trench coat kind of thing. He just, it's not I didn't funny. like Jack Nicholson's plastic face, to be fair. I thought it was a bit too plastic. <laughs> <laughs> the mirror! The mirror! <laughs> it's not 1989 special effects, Claire. Yeah, you've got to give it a bit. But I enjoyed his... He, he, was like a, he was like a gangster joker, and I can go with that. Yeah. And then Heath Ledger was like the anarchist joker, the, the full-on anarchist joker. And this guy is just a psycho joker, isn't he? He's... Well, it's more than that, isn't it? Because. Well, it's showing you that he wasn't. How he got there. Yeah. That's, I suppose that's the point. It's how he got to being that. And I guess, who knows? Maybe this is Heath Ledger's Joker's you know, origin story, yeah. for all we know. Mm. If, he's, if Bruce's dad had stepped in and funded, he may never have had the Joker. That's it. And there's the greatest irony that Thomas Wayne could have stopped all of it yep. and chose not to. They're sentencing, sentencing his son to a lifetime of going out at night and beating up criminals on the streets. Wow. It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yin, yang, aroboros. <laughs> aroboros. <laughs> yeah. That's many uh, dwarf is that. Uh, yeah. Cats in the dwarf. Boys from the dwarf. <laughs> Boys from the dwarf, indeed. Yeah, alright then, weird news. A quick shout out to Mark Hamill as well for being the Joker. We didn't mention him, he's good. Very good. Anyway, yeah, weird news. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Well, where lockdown drives up lager sales, lager sales even, but wipes 180 million off makeup. Wow. Supermarket sales figures have captured the way Covid has caused big changes in the way we live, from lager-fueled barbecues and home-cooked roasts, replacing nights in the pub and ready meals, to lower sales of makeup, deodorant and even toothbrushes, pointing to people letting themselves go a bit. Makes sense though, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much makeup did you get through in not, lockdown? Not very much. I don't get through much anyway, but I can, you know, I know people that do. Mm. Britain's put an extra... £2.5 billion worth of beer, wine, spirits and meat in their trolleys as the pandemic shifted consumer shopping habits to the extreme. Wow. The star performer of 2020 was Lager. 
also rang up an extra one billion pounds worth of cigarettes and rolling tobacco. Wow. Well, turn it into the cigarettes and alcohol, eh? Yeah, I hope that money's being pumped back into the NHS in some way. Not likely. The survey, in conjunction with the market for research film Nielsen, underlined the impact of the coronavirus on the nation's shopping habits and health. No shit. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, fastest growing grocery products San Miguel, up 63%. Spanish Lager. Corona, up 40%. <laughs> <laughs> the beer, not the disease. <laughs> Budweiser up eighteen uh, percent. Stella Artois up eighteen. Yeah. Sausages up seventeen percent. Hey. Bacon up thirteen. Cabbage dairy milk up twelve percent. Well, you know why San Miguel's gone fucking massive because they're selling it cheap at the minute. Are they? I'm on San Miguel now. It's um, eight pound for ten cans. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Premium lager, so mm-hmm. obviously San Miguel and Disney are to blame for the coronavirus. I think people have just brought the, like, the, the corona beer just for dick value in it. Yeah. Hey, I've got the corona, mate. Yeah, yeah, I've got some corona. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be funny once, so isn't it? It's going to be funny every barbecue while you're breaking lockdown <laughs> and spreading it. Yeah. Boom. Well, doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we've had to do, isn't it? You're not going out, you can only make a picnic and try and go in a field, isn't it? Yeah. And these are the fastest falling grocery categories of 2017. Ooh. Cosmetics down 22%, chewing gum down 18 styling 18%, bottled water down 13%, toothbrushes and deodorant 13%, and don't say toast 10%, cereal bars down 8 sugar confectionery, oh, chocolate. chocolate went up. Oh, yeah, no. but sweets went down. Ah. Oh. No one wants to suck a sweet on the, the drive anywhere or something. True. Wow, so there you go. The nation is now a bunch of alcoholic smokers. Nothing's really changed. Nope. Eat chocolate all day. You eat chocolate all day? Nothing's really changed. Nah. Sounds like Christmas to me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> okay, woman hallucinated for months after eating five-day-old service station sushi. Wow. Uh, a woman suffered hallucinations, insomnia, and incontinence. Oh! Uh, medics treating the woman, a 34-year-old only identified as JC, were left <laughs> bamboozled as to what caused her illness until they eventually discovered the problem living in her gut. A giant tapeworm had been lurking in her stomach for nine months. Her symptoms started after she arrived home late from work and realised she hadn't eaten all day. Starving, and with no restaurants open to order from, JC opened the fridge and spotted some sushi she'd bought five days ago from a service station. Oh, oh she did it willingly. Yeah. The fish did taste a little sour, but she put some soy sauce on it to mask it out. The five-day-old sushi was so uneventful, she didn't even remember eating it. She spent <sighs> months suffering with malnutrition, incontinence, sleepless nights, anxiety, and hallucinations of bugs crawling up the walls and underneath her skin. Fuck. She felt like her heart was beating out of her neck. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just tape with. She's having stomach cramps, feeling her stomach jiggling in shape before she went to the toilet. That was the parasite not wanting to be expelled. She felt like there was a fish flapping around in her belly. Oh, my God. She endured months of treatments, blood tests, examinations, rushed to the hospital twice after suffering terrifying seizures, 
before doctors realised it might be a tapeworm and examiner's stall and discovered thousands of tapeworm eggs. You see what I said? Always check the poo, that's why the aliens probe, man. Always check the poo. Doctors clocked the tapeworm as Diphilobothrium latum, one of the largest that can infect humans, and a species can go up to nine metres long. Fuck me. Wow. Why didn't she have a can of soup? Jesus. <laughs> wow, nine metres. She took some anti-worm medication and then made a full recovery. Anti-worm medication, you just flush you out then, basically. It is quite a simple fix once they've identified what the issue is, isn't it? Here's some severe laxatives. You do wear me dog, don't you? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm not as good with that as I should be. No, I'm the same with Chester. But, you know, once, when he goes to the vet every year, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, from one worm to another, we've got a thousand of... Penis fish. <laughs> One worm to another. <laughs> washed up on a Californian beach. Somebody is. Yeah, That's definitely a dick. <laughs> somebody who come across it said, I had no idea what it might be. It went on for two miles. <laughs> two miles worth of dick fish. Um, I bet you could barely walk. Sounds like heaven. <laughs> what? <laughs> so she walked for another half an hour and they were scattered everywhere. Apparently a pulse. <laughs> They're pulsing the penis fish. Great. So, uh. You start off a sex shop and sell them. <laughs> Living vibrators. <laughs> I think that's really <laughs> unethical, Mike. <laughs> and butt plugs. I think that's even more unethical. Oh, all right. So it was on a California. It was poo pooing my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Claire. It's okay. Mike's up on a wild whisk of fantasy. <laughs> so California's Drake's Beach is where it happened, and the, this latest surprise, thousands upon thousands of, as, as you said, Mike, pulsating penis fish. <laughs> from the picture, like from afar, they look like Savaloy, don't they? Oh, no, they just look like a dick. <laughs> anyway. I mean, look at that. It's even purple as well. <laughs> See, we got a little bollock. Yeah. <laughs> so they're called innkeeper worms. Or oh, they know. Corellis capu. And it's an ocean dwelling spoon worm measuring about one foot in length. <laughs> That's why she could barely walk after the two miles then. Yeah. <laughs> they stay in shallow waters along the north coast of America. So these phallic critters landed on California's shores this week, a particular week, and one expert believes. Um, it's because of a recent storm in the region. Imagine if you'd fall asleep on that beach. Just woke up and all these pulsating penises just on you and yeah. on your face. Ah. The tip of one in your mouth. <laughs> oh. Trying to burrow into holes. <laughs> it's covered in them. Help! You'd just you think it was a different reality, wouldn't you? <laughs> I question my reality, yes. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, some are saying it's because of some storms, but despite such logical explanation, locals are not familiar with the worm and have come up with understandably outrageous theories. So I've heard my, my fair share of imaginative theories from beachcombers, Parr says, such as flotsam of erect... 
Brathurst freighter. <laughs> you saw the sausage. Uh, I don't know what sausage is either, you. But I don't know what sausage I've ever had. Well, they can leave, live for up to 25 years um, and navigate their environment with their spatula-shaped proboscis in front of their mouths and feed on the plankton and bacteria and other particles going around the sea. It proceeds to suck in its food and then collects its bounty with its sticky mucus nets. It's bounty. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's apparently been known to prey on flounders, small sharks, <laughs> rays, gulls and even otters. Help, help, I'm being at by a penis. <laughs> swarm of penises? <laughs> what a shitty way to die. Imagine seeing that, a swarm of penises just fucking devouring otter. <laughs> oh my god. Horrible. <laughs> so they've been been surviving for three million years, these these little uh, little critters. 300 million years. Mm. 300 million years, actually, not 3 million, 300. Yeah. Fat innkeeper worms. They're doing wow. right. Well, once you reach perfection, there's no need to. Are you saying that that worm is the perfect shape, Mike? <laughs> uh, well, fair play, but, you know, penis worms. On that bombshell. And on that bombshell. I'll say a big thank you for everyone for listening to us all year, new listeners and old. It's very much appreciated. Yeah, we're in our fourth year now. Yeah. It always puzzles me how we get listeners more around the globe, I have no idea. But yeah, it's all appreciated. Thanks for listening. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavour aid. Don't join the cult. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. Keep over mind, but not so open to the good